Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and today I am joined by Tony Mitchell from Mitchell's Kiss of the Gypsy. It's great to be chatting to you this week today. Unfinished business has been out a short while. How's the feedback been so far and to the single that you recently released as well? Um, well, the, the feedback's been really good so far, even though it's only been, um, there was a slight delay on the release. So things are only just getting started now. So the little trickles of the review, well, not reviews, but the replies and the uh, responses rather, um, are just about coming through now. But what we've had so far has been um, really, really encouraging. Um, Runaways, the single, which was uh, the, the lead track, has, has obviously got a really good response too. So uh, we're quite glad about that. Brilliant. Will you be releasing any more singles from the album? I think what it's it's hard to tell now, Seb, because people choose their own, don't they? They, they yeah. buy the album, they choose their own favourites. I mean, them days have gone where I I tend to pick a track, or the 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 radio station, record company pick a track, because it's always different. What I like is not necessarily what other people like. So, literally, it's it's a it's a box of chocolates. It's an old cliche, but there is a lot for everybody, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, hopefully it's captured that sort of 90s, early, well, sort of early 90s rock vibe. So it really is unfinished business for Kiss of the Gypsy. Are there hopes that you might take the band out on the road? Well, there's every chance. We, we, we started, well, I started this project by, um, when I was writing and recording the new album, the new solo album, which is my fourth album. Um, which was going to be called Top of the World, which is still there in the, you know, 80% finished. Um, I was looking at putting some bonus tracks on that album as a tribute to the um, Kiss of the Gypsy because it's the 30th anniversary. So from bonus tracks, as they started, I had a choice of about three or four, and they started really taking shape, and I thought, well, I see how it goes, and as as I was writing them and getting more and more of a of a of a box of songs for that particular thing, it started taking off, and they they sort of made sense. It made sense to sort of put the solo album on hold and pursue this one and put it out as an album on its own right, just basically to celebrate the the thirtieth anniversary. There was nothing beyond that, to be honest, said. But these guys are great players, and if there's an appetite for it, then there's every chance we might slot in a few festivals or or whatever. That would be amazing because, of course, Skin reformed, didn't they? And they did that. And I don't know what did they? It, yeah, they did, yeah. Right, right. Um, with uh, Nev McDonald and Mike Gray. Um, yeah. yeah, they did. They played Download, and that was quite quite something. Yeah. I mean, Nev McDonald is someone that's like underrated singer. Absolutely, you know. But, yeah, right. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Going back, God, it's 30 years, I remember watching you guys on Raw Power, I think it was with Phil Alexander, 1991. I actually recorded that show, and I remember it well. And I remember the James Wells show as well. He's still going <laughs> strong. He's still going strong as well, yeah. just about, by the yeah, skin yeah. of his teeth. Just about, yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, what would you say is your happiest memory from those days? I mean, there's going to be many. There is a lot of good memories. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it's almost like because we, a lot of us, I mean, in the band grew up together, and it was almost like you know when you you go on your first camping trip with your mates, 
and everything's dead exciting and it's it's just fun and everything's a joke and all that, but we have a good time. But when it came to music, it was very serious. Um, so all them them TV shows that we did and the MTV live gigs and stuff we did, uh, they were all brilliant. But I would have to say the happiest memories were the tours, the, the um all the gigs we did. The, the first tour with Winger was brilliant. Then I think we did the I think we did the Great White, then we did the five-man acoustical jam with Tesla. Um, and we did the full show with Tesla. And then, obviously, we did Magnum, which took us to places like uh, Birmingham NEC and Hammersmith Odeon, as it was then. And numerous times we did the Marquees and the Astorias and stuff. But, yeah, they were great memories. And as I say, it was because we were in control of all that live thing and there was no sort of... Uh, things to answer to with a record label and releases and things like that, which at times got a little bit chaotic. So I would put that on the highest uh, the priority of uh, times we had, the good times that we had. Cool. So apart from the single from the album, which song would you play me to fully introduce me to Unfinished Business if I've never heard of you guys before? Oh, um... I would probably, duty to party is is what we try to capture in that sort of um, good feel feel good sort of rock vibe of the early nineties, and also we, there was a there was a thought of over the last couple of years because the years that we've had with the COVID and the you know the pandemic and what you know everyone wanted that relief and that release rather, um, so that was a sort of let your hair down, you know, kick off your shoes. The weekends here. So I'm, possibly that. Um, there's numerous other ones. There's obviously things like Time to Heal, which is very gospel and very spiritual that a lot of work went into, um, as did Wild Horses. But it's one of those, again, Seb, you take your pick, but <laughs> I, I think it's sort of captured that that moment in time, I think. And, of course, when you guys were sort of like hitting it big, grunge came along. And messed up everything, and a lot for a lot of bands, it's, it was a struggle, and lots lots folded. Do you sometimes look back at that time and wish? I think if only that hadn't happened. Well, yeah, I mean, we were, you know, we're lucky. We're lucky to have a bite of the cherry. Um, I can't argue with that. Lots of bands, just you know, was was around at the time, as good if not as better than us at the time, who never got a chance what we did. Um, but unfortunately, when we were signed to Atlantic, we signed to Atlantic in America, um, and we had the, the the album in the bag. We did our tour with Winger, and things were really high. We were the talk of the town, sort of thing. So, if we'd have released it in '91, which which it was originally supposed to be released, it would have been a different story. But the Atlantic offices folded in England. So we were we sort of shuffled to East West, which right. originally passed on us when we did showcases for them and, and things. They didn't see it as a priority whatsoever. Uh, we wasn't hands-on with them. We didn't we didn't really click. They decided to put it back a year, which proved to be very, very well critical, really, in our in our sense, because the album went out, we weren't on tour, we'd already done a lot of tours by then, and obviously the grunge movement hit hit big so yeah. we were we were coming out 
he is kissing a gypsy, a hard rock, blues, whatever you want to label it as, and then you're in the middle of Pearl Jam and uh, Ivana. <laughs> that's what the kids wanted, you know. So. It was. Yeah, yeah, I know. And of course, since Kissing the Gypsy, you've done a hell of a lot of work with some of the world's music icons, Ozzy Osbourne, to name but a few. Is there an extra special collaboration that you've done that you're most proud of, though? Um, I don't know about a collaboration, but um, when I did the British Rock Symphony uh, in 2000, that came out of the blue because I, I wasn't really gigging as much. I was gigging locally, doing acoustic shows and what have you. But I was mainly writing, getting my own company together, which was Ex Gypsy Productions. I started that then. Um, but I got a call from Pete Smith out of the blue asking if I'd like to sing and play guitar with the likes of um, Alice Cooper, John Anderson, Alan Parsons Project, Tony Hadley. The, the, the band, I was part of the band and the solo artist because they wanted me to do a spot of my own because there was a it was, it was like 96 people on stage. There was choirs, there was, yeah. there was orchestras. It was huge. It was absolutely huge. Uh, and such a little time to do it. And, and I had to be the lead singer of Alan Parsons' project, which I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of. <laughs> I've <laughs> heard of it. I don't know any songs. <laughs> I said he did. Did he not do The Sale of the Century? And he said, no, no. Honestly, <laughs> that was it. That's my reply. I didn't know. It was Alan Park. It was Alan Park. No, it was I don't remember his name. It was something like Nicholas Parsons. That was it. No, I, I, so, no. But when crap. I got there, I did it. But it was amazing. It was absolutely packed out arenas every night, and um, you know, singing with those guys because we did. We all took the, took a part as well, and singing with Alice Cooper and um, yeah, playing guitar for Alice Cooper. That was a another thing. You know, we did all that and playing guitar for John Anderson. It was hard work, but, you know, it was good. Apart from that, the only collaboration, um, late, latest one was with, um, it, not so much a collaboration, but he guessed it, he guessed it on a song that I did on the, one, of, one of the albums, Danny Vaughan, when we did... Um, All right, okay, so, yeah. Um, yeah, when we did Mighty Fall, which was incredible. You know, it was quite an honour for me, but... Uh, awesome. Awesome, <laughs> Okay, then. So sort of a similar question in a way. If you could make up a super group of musicians, dead or alive, who would be your? Who would you choose, including yourself? Oh, I don't think I'd make a super group, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you want some uh, rough, rough old vocals on there and some dodgy guitar in. I don't know. No, I don't know. I think for different reasons. I mean, whew, I mean, I've always loved vocalists such as Brad Delp. Quite left field for me, but Brett Dowd from Boston. Um, I like Lou Graham from Foreign. I'm quite I'm quite old school to be honest. Uh, Neil Sean guitars. I love Cozy Powell drums. Yeah. Um, you know it's it, it goes with that. So obviously Ronnie James Dio is a vocalist, yeah. another icon of mine. Yeah. Nine. So yeah, uh, all them all them players are brilliant, and mm. I'm sure they make an awesome band. Okay, back to Kissing the Gypsy then. Can you tell us your best experience playing live with the band? Um, I'd like to say the NEC or the Hammersmith Odeon, but the, the place was so big, I couldn't actually see anything. I mean, the actual 
the actual spectacle of it being there was amazing. But you so because we were so used to the the all the crowds being on top of us, um, we got so used to that, and it was a connection thing. Um, yeah. uh, but no, I think experience. It probably going to America for the first time when we when we did um, we shot the video and then went to America to do some shows for the record company and the you know the, the people in suits as it were. And then we shot video over there too. But yeah, they were all good times, you know, taking the whoopee cushion in the lift of the uh, Rockefeller Plaza. That's always good for a chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And could you tell me what was one of your worst experiences on stage? And have you had like a major disaster? I've forgotten words. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can actually. <laughs> I did a game. <laughs> I'm not, I think it was the marquee. We did the marquee. And I used to wear some jeans that were all ripped. And there was an American flag on the crotch. Um, and it was always get ripping and, you know, getting sewn up by the, um, the you know, the, the, back, the backstage staff and stuff. Um, well, I used, we used to do, I think it was Promised Land. And I would finish. Oh, no, no, no. That's right. No, we do inf infatuation. Uh, so we're jumping around. I've, I've got no guitar and I'm jumping around. Uh, so I finished that. And then I picked my guitar up to do No Price for the Loser. And I can see the, the, the there's a load of people in the front row and they're all pointing going. And I'm just going, yeah, okay, all right. Nice to see you, you know. Then um, they said, they do keep doing it. And we're going, yeah, yeah. And I have this. <laughs> As I, I've got my guitar on the side, you see. So when, when I'm singing, I, I usually have it on the side. So when I finally pulled it up to play, I felt this. I thought, that's not right. And I looked down, and my dick was hanging out of my pants. And it was rubbing against my guitar. <laughs> that's class. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they were pointing at. I was quite impressed that it actually got out of the pants, you know. But it was, <laughs> but it was there, and I just... All I could think of, I said to Martin, who we used to call him Mal. Yeah. I said, Mal, my dick's out. <laughs> <laughs> and he, tur he turns around and he says, what am I supposed to do about it? <laughs> so it was just one of those moments that I had to try and shuffle my way by turning around and sort of pointing to the drums and just, you know, readdressing the situation. But, yeah, that was always a quite an, that was a quite an embarrassing moment. That could have been a TikTok viral, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank God there was no mobile phones at that time. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, good, right. Um, okay. So the next question is, can you tell us why we should check out Unfinished Business? Um, like I said before, Seb, I think what we've done, we, we didn't want to, you know, we, we didn't want to do it to rip up any trees to say we're back or anything like that. Um, wanted to do it because it was a, it was a piece for 30 years. It, we had to do something for the 30 years anniversary. We owed it to ourselves. And also I had these in the, in, you know, these ideas anyway. Um, so basically the concept of the thing was just good old fashioned rock and roll without any virtual signaling or anything like that. Just so people could stick it on, turn it on, have a good time listening to it. And that's, why I think you know people would probably enjoy it, you know, enjoy it. Um, so my 
my uh, my suggestion was go buy it, check it out, and uh, turn it high, and you'll Absolutely. enjoy. Absolutely. Um, can you give us four words then to describe Kiss of the Gypsy? Four <laughs> words. Four words, yeah. Four words. One hell of... <laughs> just a one hell of a ride, but that's five. Can I just take the A out? <laughs> yeah, I'll do. <laughs> uh, do you have any final words for your fans, our viewers and listeners? Yeah, just a, a massive thank you. That's another reason why we did this album. It's a massive thank you, as you'll see on the credits for the album, to all that supported Kiss of the Gypsy yeah. and, and my projects over the years. It's just a thanks to everyone that uh, has done it in the past and continues to, to do so. And long may it continue. <laughs>